Hey, welcome to Greater Depths Podcast. I am very excited for this episode today. Um, here I have with me is Andrew Puentes, uh, who is actually one of the instructors at Christian Life College that I've known for quite a little bit. And it's it's an honor to have you here to record an episode. Man, uh, kind of just to start it out, how about you just talk about uh, yourself, your journey in ministry, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor to be able to be here and in this uh, in this episode, um, you know that's a, that's a really interesting question. Uh, growing up, I grew up in church. I grew up in a home that was uh, my parents were always saved. I was a part of of that environment. But uh, even when I was uh, a younger teen, and when I was getting into the moments of like going into uh, youth camps and all that stuff, you know, usually somebody somehow. Uh, they get a word or they get like somebody, the preacher goes up to them and decides to want to mentor them because they see something in them and so on and so forth. I was never that person. I was never that individual that somebody gave a word to or that somebody came and said, hey, you know what, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. I, 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 it, was never, it was never me. So within my scope of things to do with my life, I never saw ministry as something that I would do, much less preach ever you know grew up playing the drums in my dad's church and pretty much all I did was just play drums and and one thing led to another the call of God came on my life tremendously I had chosen the path of architecture and God uh, had a divine intervention it was a moment that God really really spoke to me and in that point in time when God began to deal with me I knew that I had a call that was being I was being separated to serve him in what degree at that point in time I didn't know yet it wasn't until I came here to Christian Life College my freshman semester was that, you know, God spoke to me and told me, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't bring you to play the drums or I didn't bring you to be a, mm-hmm. a music major. I brought her, I brought here to, because I want, want to make you a preacher. And I was like, oh man, preacher, you know, I was, <laughs> I was freaked out of speaking in public and all that stuff. But, uh, but that's kind of how it started developing in my life. And I'm, I'm really glad to have you in an episode, um, really because of, I know that you're, uh, I don't even want to say in like the beginning stages of ministry, but it's it has like indifference to mm-hmm. somebody who's been in ministry for many, many right, years. Right. Uh, you you know, you know what it's like, like just going into ministry, you know, taking and leaving behind everything. Right. Yeah. And just following after God. And, you know, just I, the purpose of this is is for people that want to or are going into ministry. Mm. And uh, I really want for each person that listens to this to pick up something off of, off right. of an episode to just uh, to take with them and to apply. And I know that like, that you're going to bring something, you know, as God uses you and, Jesus and as we flow. <laughs> yeah. So, um. You know, the and the topic that we're going to be hitting on today, uh, which is something that I actually never even really uh, heard of mm. until coming to Bible college, uh, which is an urgency in our ministry, an urgency when we minister, having a sense of urgency. Right. And uh, I know a lot of people, uh, including myself, when I first heard this, uh, are probably, you know, don't even know, like, what does this even mean? So uh, before we even dive fully into the topic, I kind of want to um, just explain, you know, what what do we mean when we say an urgency in ministry? Right, right. 
And and that's something that, you know, when you told me that that was a topic that we're going to talk about, it really caught my attention. And I started thinking about, you know, necessarily why do we have to have an urgency in order for us to be able mm-hmm. to be ministers of the gospel? Why why should there be a sense of responsibility that propels us to a place of urgency, you know, for us to be able to be used by God? And a lot of times, you know, I feel like the urgency can be defined by so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of get into it, you know, the things that I was kind of looking at and, and, and seeing, you know, throughout Scripture in the New Testament, in the Old Testament too, but just kind of applying in the New Testament, there's a lot of places where uh, you see uh, a call to urgency or a call to respond. Uh, and I kind of want to use those two syn- synonymously, responsibility and urgency. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, uh, the respon- when something, when, when a responsibility falls on your shoulders, there's a sense of urgency to be able to get things done, right? If you're not up, to, if the task wasn't put in your hands, there's no urgency. You know, you're kind of mm-hmm. waiting to see what happens. But once the responsibility of a certain task is put on your hands, a sense of urgency begins to come to happen because yeah. that means that it's up to you to make it happen. It's up to you to be able to do whatever your part is to make things uh, uh, make make things unfold the way that happens. And especially, you know, especially when it comes to the things of God. I mean, dealing with the kingdom of God and dealing with uh, what God is doing in our in our in our time. You know, the responsibility is on the church. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about that is that the church is those that are born again and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Those are, they become the temples of the Holy Ghost. And yeah. being a temple of the Holy Ghost, immediately the responsibility falls on you. Immediately mm-hmm. you are part of those that are called by God to be able to fulfill a specific task. You don't have to be, a, you don't have to have a certain type of title. You don't have to have a certain type of pedigree. You don't have to have the right last name. You don't have none of that stuff. No, just you being chosen by God in order to be able to partake of this new birth and be reg- regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost equips you immediately. Mm-hmm. It makes a capacity in you and puts a responsibility for you to be able to fulfill a purpose. And hopefully that's making sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's something that uh, I guess I would say that people can misunderstand the term because mm. um, we, you know, we understand we have a responsibility uh, when we get saved. We, I mean, we're we're changed, you know, and uh, we we know that because we're changed by the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, we have a new responsibility right. that we didn't have before. Right, and uh, it's kind of like we we know there's a responsibility, but there can also be a sense where it's like, oh, we'll get it done. Mm. eventually right 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 you know i will do this not i am doing this mm. you know and uh so kind of like just the the goal you know or just what I really want to get at is like how how do we get intentionally a sense of urgency how do we have an, a sense of urgency in in our i would say not even in ministry but in our lives as we carry ourselves as the temple of god yeah, and that's 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 so interesting that you brought that point. Um, there's a couple of words that come to mind that I want to be able to define. Um, when we begin to dissect these terms that we're using, we begin to look into what we're the topic of today of this this sense of urgency. We have to kind of go back to basics and begin to mm-hmm. understand the steps of faith that we took that brought us to the place of salvation. Um, when 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 through faith I was able to partake of the grace of God in order to be born again, 
right? This this whole sense of being born again, you know, it goes beyond just having a good feeling. Mm-hmm. It's bon- it's go- it goes yeah. beyond just crying or, you know, uh, shaking or, or even speaking in tongues and, you know, all of that, like, those are experiences that you have and those are, mo- those are moments that you respond to something that is happening with inside of you that is literally what you said, changing your nature, mm-hmm. changing your nature. I feel like... You know, the world defines you. And this is this is something that's interesting. I got it from Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. The world defines you by your by what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. So according your value to the world is defined by what talent you have, if you can sing, if you can play, if you can uh, if you're able to perform at a certain at a certain rate, if you have certain abilities with inside of you that you can do on your own, mm-hmm. that's the value that the world gives you. But the spirit realm doesn't see you that way. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 value that you have in the spirit realm is defined by the capacity that you have inside of you. And what do I mean by capacity? You see, when it's a talent, it's something that you can do. But a capacity is something that somebody else can do through you. That's what capacity mm-hmm. is. Yeah. You, you are being used by something else. Uh, I can have a water bottle, right? Uh, what's going to dictate me being able to use that water bottle to be able to uh, uh, to be able to give to multiple people is the size of the bottle. Is the size of the bottle, mm-hmm. right? Not not necessarily that it's Fiji water. You know, if it's yeah. Fiji water and it's small, it could only probably give uh, enough ration to one or two people. But if it's a bigger container that has a higher capacity, right, mm-hmm. it can be filled tremendously in order for you to be able to give to multiple people. And when you're talking about capacity, you're looking at the the opportunity and the space that God has inside of you in order for him to perform through you. Mm-hmm. So be able to to be able to have this urgency. A lot of people disqualify themselves from the responsibility to be wow. able to perform. And the reason why they, squal- they disqualify themselves is because they are seeing their value not through the eyes of the spirit, but through the eyes of the world. Because I don't have the talent. Because I'm not able, I'm not, uh, 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 you know, innately inclined to be able to understand music or innately inclined to preach or innately inclined. I disqualify myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to speak. I didn't have the ability to be able to speak in front of people. I didn't have the the, the, the way to communicate effectively thoughts and, and the word of God, much less all that, you know, I didn't have that. And because of those reasons, I saw myself through the eyes of the world. I saw myself through a carnal mind. And coming into this was understanding and knowing a carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, a carnal mind is literally opposing to the way that mm-hmm. God works, opposing to the way of the Spirit. So when I began, when I when I changed the way that I saw myself, I don't see Andrew as this unregenerated man. I don't see Andrew as this sinful man. I don't see Andrew as this addicted man. I don't see Andrew as this man that is that is brought down by the things of the flesh. But I choose to see Andrew as a born again new creature in Christ. I yeah. choose to see Andrew as somebody who has been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, as a son of God, as somebody who's yielded their capacity to the power of the Holy Ghost. That began to change my perspective. Mm-hmm. Instead of disqualifying myself, I began to understand and know that through the power of God, He was qualifying me to be used for His kingdom and for His glory. Mm-hmm. And that began to create in me a sense of urgency. That began to create in me a sense of being able to answer the possibilities that were around me in order for God to use me. Not to just find certain places of comfort, but to allow the Holy Ghost to truly have His way in my life and perform in ways that I could never do through talent or through personal ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of, uh, like, if you actually look at 
many, I would say many examples in the mm. Bible where uh, God calls somebody. You know, uh, one thing we know is is Moses. Mm. He was a stutterer. Right, he yeah, said, absolutely. I, he said, I couldn't even, you know, I can't speak. You know, how am I going to do this? And you look at the disciples, and from the worldview, mm-hmm. They couldn't be disciples. Absolutely, uh, the fishermen were uneducated. Right, they were uneducated to the rest of the people in the places that weren't dealing with being fishermen. Yeah, absolutely. And right, so right. it was like, why would God call these unqualified people? But it it ties back to it's not about the talents. It's not it's, about you. It's about right. the capacity and. Uh, a lot of people, I think, we we make the mistake with uh, thinking or not thinking that God can use anything. Right. The big example, it, God used Balaam's donkey to <laughs> yeah. speak to him. Yeah. And it, it's because God, it, he doesn't look, you know, he, you know, their talents, I would say talents matter, but talents aren't the thing that are the deciding factor of whether God would choose you. Absolutely. You know, God places talents in people for specific reasons, but just because you can't do something doesn't mean that God doesn't call you. Uh, and, you know, there's there's one qualifying factor that somebody has to have in order to be able to be used by God in the capacity that he's trying to do today through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that is you have to be a human. Mm-hmm. You have to be a person. Why? Because God created human beings in his image and his likeness. That image and that likeness that he created us in allowed us to have a capacity to be able to flow through the power of God mm-hmm. in ways that other creative beings can't do. Yeah. That qualifies you. You look in yourself in the mirror and you see the you are created in the image and the likeness of God. I mean, that is that is something that is so deep and so powerful. That is a qualifying factor for God to be able to do something through you. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting to see, you know, and just really quick to reference something about, you know, the spirit of God. It's not about you. It's not about necessarily your ability. So for example, um, there was three different types of people in the in, in the Old Testament that were anointed. Interesting enough, these were priests, prophets, and kings. Mm-hmm. Those three are the only ones that were anointed. And if you look at it, the only reason, the reason why these three were the ones that were anointed is because they were put to perform tasks that were humanly impossible for them to do. A wow. priest served God. God is the holiest there is. God is the most righteous there is. Mm-hmm. As an ungener, as a, as a fallen nature type of individual in the Old Testament, to be able to be a priest, you needed to have a supernatural anointing. Mm-hmm. You need to be anointed by God in order to perform that task. A prophet, a prophet is a man, literally an oracle of God, a man separate, separated to be able to be a mouthpiece of God. You needed to be anointed because there was no human. How can a man speak in, 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 the, in the place of God? There is no, yeah. there is no, there's not enough understanding. There's not enough reasoning for you to be able to think the thoughts that he thinks, to be able to speak the words that he speaks. And the anointing was upon the prophets and the other group of people were the kings. And why, why were the kings anointed? Well, Israel, Israel as a nation was, was structured around the concept of being a theocracy. In other words, God wasn't, wasn't going to be their king. Mm-hmm. God was going to be their, their, their guiding force and strength. But then the people saw the other nations and said, no, we want a king like the other people. And God said, don't work like that. How, how can a man be able to dictate what I have, 
what I have destined for you. Yeah. The Abrahamic covenant, the, Adad, the, the the Davidic covenant, all these different types of, how can a man get you that? Well, they still wanted it so bad. So God said, okay, well, this is going to be another type of person I'm going to have to anoint with my anointing. Mm-hmm. You know, 1 Samuel 10, 6, 10, 6 talks about the first king of Israel, which is Saul. And it says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you shall prophesy with them and it shall turn you into another man. Wow. Literally, in other words, when the spirit of the, when the anointing of the Lord falls on you, it will turn you into another man. Mm-hmm. It will turn you into a man that is going to be able to perform and to fulfill the task that is at hand because you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You're not the man that you are right now, the man that you are with your ability, with your talents, you won't be able to. Saul was taller than everybody else. Saul was better looking. So he had talents, but God said, it's not enough. Yeah, I have to anoint you. My spirit has to be upon you. And that anointing, that spirit upon you is going to turn you. Literally, it says right here, it will turn you into another man. That's, that's wow. powerful. Yeah, that is so powerful. And then you think of, of David, mm-hmm. who came right after. Right. And David was... You know, you could say David was almost the complete opposite physically Mm. of what Mm -hmm. Saul was. David was uh, so seemingly unqualified that even his father didn't bring him up in the first group. He said, oh, and then there's my son, David. Mm. After, After Samuel went to all of the other brothers. And something that I noticed, you know, in the life of David too is when he received an anointing he i would say received a revelation of the power of god that could flow through him. right and i think it's by that revelation that he had that he was able to you know not only fight the the lion mm-hmm. and the bear to fend off the sheep in his time of privacy mm-hmm. but also to see that there's there was a giant named Goliath mm-hmm. who was defying Israel mm-hmm. and even though you know I'm not anywhere close to talent wise mm-hmm. or strength wise right. a giant you know he was confident and said you have defied the name of the Lord uh, that's it and that's where his confidence was was found it mm-hmm. wasn't found within him being able to say well I beat a lion before I don't know about you, man, or anybody else that's listening, but I mean, I've never faced a lion. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big task. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's an impressive thing. I've never faced a bear. I mean, there's some bears that weigh hundreds of pounds. You could almost even say that that's more difficult than fighting a person. Think about that. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So, so David, in other words, David had bragging rights. You know, like David had some type of of backing with an experience to be able to say, yeah, well, this guy, you know. But you look at David, he had a heart after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. The, the defining factors of David was that he was a man that, had, that was so given to God that his capacity was open for God to do whatever. Yeah. And when the opportunity presented itself, he didn't disqualify himself. But he allowed God to qualify him and to get the job done. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the name yeah. of Yahweh. So, so that's something that is that is that is perfect example. That's a great example that you use right there with David. Absolutely. Yeah. If you look at it from a plain view, there's really nobody that is truly qualified mm-hmm. to do something that God is supposed to do. Right. You know, we don't have the power. God has the power, and God gives us the power. But there, there is also, you know, and this comes to my mind, there's an 
I've seen it before where people can very easily mistake uh, talent for anointing. Mm-hmm. And that would that would also come into play with mistaking talent for um, qualification. Right, um, right. Which is what we were talking about before. Like you, it's not your talents that qualify you. And I mean, you're, if anything, I think your talents don't fully even go into whether God chooses you because Absolutely, yeah. God will choose anybody. But um, how how would you say that, and, and I don't want to like single out a group of people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like this is for the people that feel like they have no talent and this is for the people that feel like they have all the talent. But how would you say, you know, with an anointing, uh, how do you know or feel that I have an anointing on my life? That, that's that's a really good question. Um, you know, when it comes to that whole sense of, uh, really quickly, the, the sense of talent, having talents is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like having talents just demonstrate a certain type of capacity within your nature and your personality. Mm-hmm. Some people are more bold than others. Some people are more confident than others. Some people just have a certain type of way. And regardless of your personality and regardless of the way that you are within your own nature, God uses that for his glory. Once that is yielded to him, God uses that for his glory. You know, uh, being humble, that it's it's a two-edged sword. It's a a two-sided coin. You know, you thinking, you, you thinking that you're more than is pride. You thinking you're less than is also pride. Mm-hmm. You know, humbleness, uh, being humble is having that perfect balance between understanding and knowing who you are and understanding and knowing who you are not without Jesus Christ, without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And now going to the whole question of how do you know that you're anointed? You know, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting concept that it's highlighted all throughout Scripture concerning to uh, the, uh, the purpose of God. The, uh, the election of God, and I'm not trying to get into, you know, any weird theological places here, but just hear me out, you know. I, I believe that God's a God of purposes. Mm-hmm. I believe that yeah. God is very intentional in what he does. Yeah. He is not a God of chance. And because he's not a God of chance, I can't let chance or the, or the thought of just casual living define my life. It's not a roll of a yeah, dice for me. Right. It's, it's me being planted and me doing everything that I have to do to be able to do and to be able to uh, to uh, prove what Romans chapter 12 says. I want to live a life that shows what is the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. Out of all the possible outcomes and variables that could happen, there is one perfect outcome and that is the will of God for my life. And I feel that the anointing of God is something that comes upon your life in order for you to be able to fulfill something that, hum- that you humanly cannot do. Mm-hmm. I prefer, I pray for the anointing every day. I pray for the anointing of God upon my life every day because without the anointing of God, I don't know what decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Out of everything that could happen in my life, all the possible outcomes, I mean, there's decisions that I make that I don't know necessarily what's going to be the consequences of them. Uh, there's decisions that I make that I don't know later on what type of implications they're going to bring to my life. Living in that place is so difficult, but God is, uh, God is omniscient. God knows everything. Mm-hmm. He knows all possible outcomes. He knows all possible variables. And when the anointing of God falls on your life, it, you know, God spoke to me about this concept. And I spoke to Brother Sanders about it not that long ago. I said, you know, it's, it's, it's walking in omniscience. Mm-hmm. It sounds real wacky, but hear me out. Walking in omniscience, in other words, when you are subjected, when you are walking 
completely submitted to the power of God and to the anointing of the Holy Ghost on your life. Literally, God, you govern my steps. God, you order my steps. God, you give me the wisdom to make the right decisions. God, you give me the wisdom in order for me to be able to say the right words and speak to the right people and and connect me with the right individuals and at my job to be able to make the right decisions. You know, when you begin to pray for that, that, that is anointing. Why? Because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I don't know how it's going to go, but God does. So yeah. God could even anoint you for something as small as making decisions throughout your day. Wow. I mean, from from there, and this is the thing, the more experienced you get in that place of submission and yielding yourself the, the, directly to God, you know, denying yourself, denying mm-hmm. the possibility denying. of your outcomes and of your yeah. ideas and of your thoughts and submitting to God, the easier it is for God to use you. Because then there's a place of recognition within you and within God of how you guys work together. And it's it's such a powerful thing. It's yeah. like a lot of times people don't recognize the anointing of God on their life because it's something foreign to them. You know why it's foreign? Because they only pray for it when they have to perform. Wow. Only when the opportunity ha- comes and when I'm forced into something, then I start praying for the anointing. But what if every single day that I woke up, I said, God, I wanna, I want us to be a team today. Mm-hmm. I want us to, everything that we do, I want us to be together. And I want to know how you work. I want to know what your will is for my life. I want to know the, the, the way that you think about things and the way that you want things to happen. And, and when you position yourself, not only in times when you're being pressured to preach or to play or to sing, or, but in the moments when you wake up in the day and you begin to realize, God, this day I want to give it in your hands and I want the anointing to work in my life. You become to get more familiar with that. You become to experience yourself more. So when the opportunity does come, you begin to see the hand of God work through your life in ways that mm-hmm. it's so powerful. I mean, that that's such a powerful, and that's what I do in my life. Yeah, I yield so myself. Powerful. Yeah, I yield myself, man. God can use me at any point in time, at any moment, because mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that anointing. Yeah, and that really like, and that I think that on a on a more practical level can even say like this is being led mm. by the holy ghost that's right in everything that's that it. that we do and it's something that you know i've seen in myself and so i i know that other people have i wouldn't even say like consciously i almost subconsciously mm. have thought this is that anointing is strictly for performance right right uh, and it's because we think the preachers and the mm. worship leaders and the people that are on the platform mm. are the ones that are anointed and the one who preaches this service and 50 get the holy ghost that's anointing uh. but we don't see anointing as something that is as simple as you know god be with me order my steps order my steps right. in everything that that i do and in, in contrast you know going back to like talents mm-hmm. like you said before it's not a bad thing to have talent right right and because talent is is looked up to it's almost also in a counter a counteractive way mm-hmm. looked down upon mm-hmm. like you have too much talent god only qualifies or god only uses the people that are unqualified mm-hmm. and so you are in in a worldly eyes too qualified right and and talents aren't something to 
to look down upon. Mm. Uh, just like how in the New Testament when he gave the parable mm-hmm. of the talents. Yeah. You know, there's many different interpretations of, you know, or applications to right, that right. to that passage. Uh but you can you can look at that and read it as this is talents. He gave one more than the other. Right. But regardless of how many each person had, they were supposed to use it. And they weren't, and it was the one that buried it in the ground mm-hmm. that was frowned upon by God. Qualified himself, yeah, yeah. It's because mm-hmm. it, that's something that's that's so crucial for us not to do. Yeah. He disqualified himself, that's right? Because he thought, I, "Oh, I only have one thing. I can't lose it. You know, I can't mess this up." Whereas, really, it's like God. God entrusts us. You know, he's he he qualifies in and he says he says, You can't do it on your own. Right. And so I'm going to trust you to be led by my spirit mm. and to be a good steward of your time, of what you do. And and it's up to us on what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's so interesting that you said you know, and I feel like we keep going back to this whole concept of of um, of disqualifying yourself and understanding and knowing. Um, you know, uh, multiple times the Apostle Paul, an interesting thing about the Apostle Paul, you know, he was a very qualified man, mm-hmm. very talented man. You know, and and he begins to list his qualifications to the to the church in Galatians, and and you know, it, it's it's uh, it, you know, and then you see Peter, he was a fisherman. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and they were both used tremendously yeah. in their areas of expertise when in what God chose them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter was was one of the main uh, 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 catalysts that God used of revival in the Jews, and Paul was because of the place that he was in, because of the knowledge he had, because of the understanding and the ability that he had, the talent that he had to communicate, he was chosen to be able to be the catalyst for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure Peter wouldn't have done as good as Paul did with the philosophers. Yeah. You know, and, and but but God needed a Paul. God needed a talented man in order to use him in that area. You know, so like I said before, talents aren't a bad thing. Either way... Either way, God is going, you are, you are a prime subject to be used by God, having mm-hmm. talents or not having talents. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop God. And that's why I said before, the only thing that you need to be, to be qualified to be able to use by, to be used by God and the anointing of God to hit you is that you're a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it because that's the only, yeah. God is just looking for a capacity for whatever it is, you know, and, and, and the parable of the talents, some got more than others didn't make them less valuable in the eyes of God. They still, the three of them still got chosen to receive talents. Mm-hmm. You know, they were still chosen by God. Yeah. They were still looked upon to be able to be worthy to receive the talents. So the amount of talents doesn't signify the value. Oh, well, I'm not as valuable as, you know, brother so-and-so or, you know, I'll never be as valuable to God as brother Stone King because, you know, he's done this and brother Billy Cole has done that. No, absolutely not. Of course, I'm, I'm equally as valuable as those men as those men because I'm fulfilling my purpose and my plan in this time, in the dispensation right here, right now. You know, and, and that's something that is interesting. And, and the whole disqualifying yourself, in the, the, the book of Revelation chapter 21, it's interesting because it begins to talk about, and this is a little bit of a deeper, deeper place, but um, I hope this is all right. Um, Revelation 21, it talks about towards the end, you know, towards the end of, of everything before 
uh, after the millennial reign coming into uh, the white throne judgment and going mm -hmm. into the new Jerusalem and all this and that. And um, there's a last message that is spoken there by, by God. And he says, he that overcometh. In other words, he that is able to rise above or he mm -hmm. that is able to endure and overcome, you know, he shall be my son. I shall be his God and he shall inherit all things. Wow. So it, it's, it's a promise to them that are able to overcome. Mm -hmm. The insufficiencies to be able to come, the low self-esteem in order to be able to, 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 the pressures of life, overcoming. He that makes that decision, you know, that, 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 that word overcoming and enduring through the book of Revelation and, and even in the gospels and Jesus talks about it. It's, it's repeated to the seven churches of Asia, or Revelation chapter two and three. It, to each church it says, he that overcomes, he that overcomes. To the last church, Lord, he said, it says, he that overcomes shall sit in my throne as I overcame and sat at the right hand of God. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's, a, there's a thing about overcoming. But he says, write the verse right after in Revelation chapter 21. After he says, he that overcomes, he begins to describe a list of the people that are going to be sent to the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. The people that he does not want. The people yeah. that he is, he is unhappy with. And the list has adulterers, the list has liars, the list, the list has idol, I mean, all types of people. Mm -hmm. But that list has a specific order that shows how much God despises this type of, this type of individual or this type of uh, characteristic. You know, what, what starts that list is not the murderers. What starts the list is not the homosexuals or the, or the adulterers. No, what starts the list are two types of people, the unbelievers and the cowards. Wow. The unbelievers and the cowards. Those are the first two. Those are the first two types that God despises and that God's going to throw to the lake of fire. Why? I'm convinced that those two are those that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Those that tasted, like the book of Hebrews chapter 6 says, of the good word of God, of the spirit mm -hmm. of God. Those that had in them the capacity to be used by God, but that they disqualified themselves because they were unbelievers. They just couldn't wow. get to a place to believe that God could use them. They just couldn't get to a place to be able to overcome, so they cowered their way through life. They mm -hmm. cowered their way through through uh, through their Christian walk. They cowered their way through everything that they did. And, you know, whatever happens in my life, God, I don't want to be a coward, and I don't want to yeah. be an unbeliever, because and that's why revelation is so important, man. Because when you receive revelation of the Holy Ghost, what the Holy Ghost is inside of you, yeah. the last thing you can do is disqualify yourself. Oh, when you begin to see what the power of God is inside of you, mm -hmm. when you begin to understand what God is able to do, and then you begin to accept that he can do it through you, the last thing you'll do is be a coward. The last thing you'll do is be an unbeliever. Yeah. it's, And I think when you, when you really believe and have a revelation of the full power right. of God. Right. I think it goes to the extent of believing that he can use you. Absolutely. It goes to and and like you said before, pride mm. is thinking of yourself above somebody else and thinking of lower. yourself mm. lower than others. And not only would saying that I'm lower and I'm not good enough to be used it's it's not only a sense of pride, you know, in, in a very straightforward sense, a sense of pride, but it's also dismissing the fact that God is all powerful. Right. And that God is all knowing. It it 
it makes God less in your life to say that I can't be used by God. To Absolutely. Say, to say that I can't do what God has called me to do because we have to have a trust right. that if God called us, that he opens the doors, That's it. that he makes a way. And, you know, no matter what, all the way to the end, you know, we're going to do what God has wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And in ministry is not just platform. Right. Ministry is your life. Mm. And it's good. To all all of the listeners, you have a call to ministry. And that is not just because of platform. Mm. That is not just by what people see, but it's also your integrity. It's what you do right. in every decision of your life. Right. And it even comes down to just like when Peter you know, before he preached the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. he walked away from God. Right. He denied Jesus, and he went back to what he was doing before. Mm-hmm. He went back to being a fisherman, but then God called him back. Wow. And God said, Goodness even God. though yeah. even though you turned away, mm. I still want you to preach the day of Pentecost. That's powerful. That's I, powerful. And it's we. it's not just you saying, you know, I'm not good enough, but there's so much more to it when you say that I can't be used by God. You're you're dismissing the character of God. That's you, you know, I was really literally just thinking about that. It's learning how to trust in God's nature. What is mm-hmm. the nature of God? He's perfect. There is mm-hmm. no there is no James says it like this there is no shadow of variableness in him there is no mistake to what he does or to who he is mm-hmm. that means that god is perfect and every decision that he makes is the perfect decision yes. well when he chose you you are the perfect candidate mm-hmm. you disqualifying yourself is you going against the nature of god and telling god god you made a mistake <laughs> it's almost putting yourself in the place. Exactly. It's as if you knew more than than the um. It's as if you, with your three pound brain, knew more the um than the omniscient God that knows everything, that mm-hmm. knows every possible outcome. See, when God chose you, He didn't make a mistake. You are exactly the right person to be able to fulfill what God has called you in this time and age. Yeah, that is, man. That is so. There's so much more to it than mm. we think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And. It just and it goes to show God He knows more than we oh, absolutely. than we know absolutely and a lot of people forget that when God called you He called you knowing mm. not only your present and your past right but knowing your future Praise God. and man it's just like when He told Jeremiah mm-hmm. before I formed you in your mother's womb I knew you right. And the plan of God supersedes time Mm. in where he knew, he knew us before we knew him, before we were born. And the call was there before we even recognized it. The purpose was there and it's in God's timing. And I think that is so perfect with a sense of urgency mm. that we need to know that God has us here for a specific time. Absolutely. And we can't waste our time 
not fulfilling what God wants us to fulfill. Absolutely. That's, 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 you know, that's one of the most important things to be able to understand. And as, as we grow, as we grow in, in our, in our relationship with God. And that's why, man, reading the word is so important. Mm -hmm. Praying every day is so important. Mm -hmm. Dedicating yourself to the things of God every day and the pursuit of knowing God is so important. And, uh, you know, there's a phrase that I've heard and it's, it's an unknown God can't be trusted. The more that you know of God and the more that you begin to receive revelation of who he is within his nature, the more you begin to understand what he can do through you and the more qualified you'll feel to be able to be used by God in different areas of your life, different areas of ministry. We need more people like never before to preach, to be examples of godliness, to Mm -hmm. be examples of holiness, to be examples of righteousness. We need more people than ever today to stand up and profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to lift up the name of God. And, you know, we, we, we are living in a generation that is vile and decrepit. It's, it's, it's literally being taken down by spirits of suicide and depression and anxiety like mm-hmm. never before. Yeah. You know, the charismatics aren't doing it. They're killing themselves. They, 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 don't, they, they don't have it, you know, and, and, and us that are born again, Holy Ghost filled people, we, we need to be able to begin to walk in the anointing of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. We have to. And we have the we have what the lost world needs. Right. And we need to to realize that just like in the Bible says there is an end time revival mm. that we all need to partake in. Right. That we need to not only witness but be a part of that, right. to be a part of the harvest that God has. And and we, we can't disqualify ourselves Absolutely. because there's a work that that needs to be done. And like you said, it's just we need to understand that that we need to do what, what God has asked us to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And, and it, it comes down to, I think, telling yourself, mm-hmm. you know, I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. I am what God wants me to be. I am called. I am chosen. I don't think that that's prideful at all. I think that is telling God that you are all powerful. You, mm-hmm. When you're saying, yeah. I am qualified and I am chosen and God has called me, that's saying, God, you know what you're doing. No, absolutely. There, there's there's such a concept that I've been working with. God's been talking to me about, about the anointing of destiny. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding that when God chooses you, there is a divine destiny that is upon your life. Yeah. And when, you know, my dad taught me this when I was young. You know when you're walking in the flesh and you know when you're walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you're being carnal and, when you, and you know when you're doing, when you're living right. And to me, I don't, talk in these manners i don't say these types of things to be able to to psych myself out and make me think that i'm doing right when i'm doing wrong but you know once i step into that anointing of destiny once redemption and and forgiveness and the cleansing of sins is upon my life and i begin to walk in a life of consecration not just consecrate by seasons but literally live in a place of consecration mm-hmm. i live in the bounty of god's of, of, of god's anointing and the bounty of god's presence and being there allows me to be able to tell god god i identify with your nature 
Mm-hmm. I identify with who you yes. are. I identify with your power. I identify with your election. I identify with what you have done in my life. You know, the mm-hmm. apostle Peter says it, you know, be diligent, like, diligently to your faith, add virtue to your virtue, add knowledge. He begins to give a list and he says, you know, because if these things are abound in you, you shall not be blind. You shall be able mm-hmm. to see and you shall be able to prove your election right, you know. Uh, that the Apostle Peter says that. So it's important for us to be able to diligently, diligently live a life of consecration. Yes. Diligently live a life dedicated to the things of God, dedicated to prayer, to fasting, to reading the Word of God, dedicated to be able to prove ourselves, mm-hmm. not only to God, but to the world and to hell, that I am a new creature in Christ Jesus, that I am a regenerated man, that I am a son of God. And it makes me think of the... The verse, and I can't, you might know where it is. I can't mm-hmm. think of off the top of my head where it's at, where it says that in the last days, it would be like the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. And it, I think of that verse, not only in the sense of how the world is right. in the days of Noah, but that God is calling people to be almost like in that place right. where Noah was, right. where I am, I am getting people prepared. Because Noah, they thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And and he he was doing what God asked him to do. But not only that, he was warning the people that you're not living right. And he was being an example. And it's it's up to us. And it it comes down to are we truly living led by the Spirit? Mm, that's it. Are we being an example to the lost world? Not just telling them, you know, you need to partake in this promise that God has for every person. You need to, you need to partake of, of what God has for you. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus. But we are preaching with our example in our lifestyle, in everything that we do. Absolutely. Not just publicly, but in everything that we do. Absolutely. And, man, it is... It is so imperative in mm. that we recognize mm. that God has called us. Absolutely. That God has a plan, that God has a purpose. And, and I thank you so much no, for, no. for being uh, a part of this episode. I, and I truly believe and know that this episode is ministered to somebody. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And so uh, and to close it out, um, I'd ask that you just pray over the listeners because mm-hmm. I... I th- I know that somebody listening to this has been pricked in their heart, Amen. has been questioning, right. questioning the call of God, questioning whether they're worthy or qualified to, to be able to do what God has wanted them to do. And pray that, that somebody would, would grasp that responsibility mm. and that urgency right, right. and to really just go after and follow after what God has for them. Absolutely, man. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, and I thank you for this avenue you've allowed us to be able to have in order to to reach people, Lord God, for your glory, for your honor. I pray for every single listener right now, Lord Jesus Christ, and then their questions and their struggles, Lord God, of being able to understand and know their purpose in this life, their purpose in you, Lord God. I pray that this this podcast, these, these words that we have spoken about this topic, Lord God, let it be of revelation and understanding to them, Lord Jesus Christ. Allow 
allow them to be able to find themselves, Lord God, understanding your nature, finding their confidence in you, God, more than in them in you, knowing that you don't make mistakes, God, that you have chosen them, that they are the people for this time and age, Lord God, that you did not make a mistake, Lord Jesus Christ, when you called each and every single one of them, God, but you had them in your mind, Lord, before we were thinking about you, you were thinking about us. Before we loved you, you were loving us, Lord Jesus Christ. Before, God, our plans were to serve you, God, your plans were to save us and to use us for your glory and for your honor, God. Let this truth, God, reign over the listeners' hearts and over their minds, God. Let this truth of your purpose and of your plan be able, be the deciding factor in their minds to be able to qualify themselves, to be able to accept, God, that you have chosen them, to be able to accept, God, that you have anointed them for such a time as this, Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke the voices of contrary. I rebuke the voices of counter-perspectives, Lord Jesus Christ, trying to come against them and trick them and deceive them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, let the word of truth, God, begin to work in their lives and in their mind, deciding their next decisions to serve you and to better live for you a life of consecration and dedication. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you again so much oh, for man. being Absolutely. in this. And man, to everybody who's listening, take this and let that let that charge just be implanted in your spirit to do the work of God, to do and and partake in the ministry that God has for you. And so uh, thank you for tuning in on this episode. Go and be a blessing to somebody in Jesus' name.